0: That's a good word, Miss Dee Dee, if any woman wants to move in a little, get a closer, you're not pressured, you're fine, exactly where you're at, and the reason we're doing this, I see uh, quite a few of uh, guests in the room today, so thank you for being with us today here at Living Hope, Um, so what's happened this weekend, Thursday, probably about 30 of our men, uh, and those are our leaders, our senior pastor, and um, one of our pastors, my husband, and some, uh, like 30 or 40 men, they went down to Count Maranatha in Madison County, and they have had a great week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and today, of wholeheart advance, just being encouraged, and it has been wonderful. And um, they're in a place, if you've ever heard of Camp Maranath or maybe you haven't, it is kind of a re- remote camp, beautiful, beautiful facilities, and not a lot of uh, Internet connection. So it's really good that they are connecting with the Lord. It's a, it, just a beautiful place of um, of God's creation nature. And they've been on walks. And um, Shannon was telling me about playing basketball and his hiking Um, his hiking boots and his blue jeans and he said he did really good so uh, (laughs) he says I couldn't make the goal too often but too much but he's had a lot of fun and I know your man will come home and be sharing things with you so that's kind of what we're doing today we don't usually do this I think the last time we did it, it was the last time they went to the whole heart and it's just better because pastor's not here and uh So Jonathan's over there with him, so thank you, and I hope this has not made you feel at all uncomfortable, but uh, we're women, and I don't know what he's talking about, the protein shake, and we get vitamins. (laughs) So one of my things today we're going to talk about is being strong in the Lord, so I'm going to ask you really quick, what do you do to get strong in the Lord uh, more than vitamins, women? Just shout it out. Let me know. What do you do? We're better than a protein shake. In the Word, pray. pray, worship, capture your thoughts. Okay, anything else? Kind to other women. Time with other women. That's what we're doing today. Yes, that is key. And like Emily said, she has four boys and a, and a husband, so no women at the house. That's me. And uh, our sweet Kim, who homeschooled how many boys at your house, including David? Five and but she did get a girl though, right? She did get one girl at the house. So I have two boys and uh, yeah, I don't. So anyway, so I know what that's like. Time with women, Laura, is so so very important. And I don't get that. My brother had five daughters, so that was that was a great place that I need any women time. And so I, I got that. And then I went back to my boys. So um, so here we are, and I just want to kind of start off. I want to thank Eliza. Where's Eliza and Emily? And is that Madeline or Catherine that was up there? There's Eliza. Let's give her and that worship team a big hand. And our guy on the drummer, thank you very much. So, you know, they serve every Sunday, different people on our worship team, and I'm just thankful for them. Okay, now everybody want everybody to turn around and look at those three people heads back there. Charlie, Nick, and Becca. Let's give them a big hand. Charlie's on the guitar. You know, those people. Without them, this would not be this nice. And we could make it work. It would work, and uh, we would all be out of our voices because screaming. But because of this, because Charlie made this work for me today, and and um, not he he didn't create it, but you know he, he's the one that makes it go off and on back there. So. I better be really careful. But anyway, but Becca with the slides, I mean, I, I talked with them both this week, and they're quick to respond and, and to get it where it looks nice. And so the slides are there just for us as, as I um, speak what God has given me. So I just want to let y'all know, guys, and Eliza, and anybody that takes part in that, many of y'all do it in your sitting here today. But thank you so very much because we need you. We really do. We need somebody to lead us to worship. To, to choose songs that bring us to, to the throne. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. That's who we're here to learn about today and to worship him all the days of our life. And my prayer is that our eyes and our hearts will be opened to hear, to see what he has for us. And so we're going to be in scripture. We're going to be in the book of Ephesians talking about the armor of God, but I want to read what Eliza said. I loved it because it talks about the righteousness of of 92.8. But you, O Lord, are on high forever. For behold, your enemies, O Lord, for behold, your enemies shall perish. All evildoers shall be scattered. And that's part of what I'm going to be sharing with us to do is about our enemy But you have exalted my horn like that of the wild ox. You have poured over me fresh oil. And I believe when we stand today, I believe God is pouring over me fresh oil. Shannon told me, he said, Kathy, you've been studying, you've got it, and you've been thinking, you've got all these notes, and and just allow God to pour out of you. And I believe that's what he's going to do. I'm going to trust him to do that. And women, Angela and Kim, when you do your 11 o'clock Bible study, he's going to pour out over you. Ladies, when you do your Bible studies, your mentoring, your discipling, allow him to pour out over you. He wants to do that. He will. My eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies. So there is a place for our enemies. My ears have heard the doom of my evil assailants. So not, not gloom and doom. The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. And that's my prayer today, women, that you will see that uh, you have a breastplate of righteousness and that you can be strong. You can be women of courage. They are planted in the house of the Lord. Look at you. You're planted here in the house of the Lord today, and you're serving him in many ways. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age. Not going to really talk much about that, but you can, you can see. I started this at about 22, and so it's still going strong at 56 or 7, 57, I think. They are ever full of sap. I just had a birthday. They are ever full of sap and green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. So I'm going to get in with the Lord because there's no unrighteousness in him. So. I've got my notes. I'm kind of going to be reading things that the Lord's put in my heart, uh, but I'm honored to be sharing with you today from my heart what the Lord has impressed upon me to share from His Word and then my experiences. So we'll look at Ephesians. It is one of the letters written by Paul. Paul was on house arrest, so he wasn't just out doing his stuff. He wasn't going to the gym in the morning and going home for dinner with the family in the evening, he was on house arrest when he wrote the letter. He wrote the letter to the believers in Ephesus. So he's writing this to encourage believers, and he's encouraging you and I today with the the words, the saints, the believers. And some things that I gleaned from Ephesians that I want to talk with you about today is our position and then our practice. So our position, we'll see where that is, and then our practice salvation is attained by divine grace and not human works we'll talk about that that salvation is only by uh, grace by God alone grace is God's riches at Christ's expense we just recently had Easter the cross the resurrection Sunday and so that's where we get grace is because God so loved the world and then we're going to look just briefly at we're going to go to the end of the letter, Ephesians 6. We're going to start there, 10 through 18. I'm probably not going to read all of that right now, but I want us to concentrate right now on our position and our practice. In verse 18, or excuse me, verse 10, after all of that he had, had, has written, chapters 1 through verse 5, with a lot of good stuff. And I encourage you, if you don't have anything that you're reading not right now in Scripture, read the book of Ephesians When I first started putting this all together, and I told Pastor Davis, I said, but chapter one is this, and two is this, and three, and four, and five, he said, Kathy, you just have one hour, you have 45 minutes, I said, but it's so, so good, and then I told Eliza, I said, Eliza, I think I'm going to get ladies to come up and read something from every chapter, and she's thinking, I said, well, how would they react to that? And so we were not sure if that would work that good. But ladies, I do encourage you to read this entire book of Ephesians. It's really good, uh, very, very good and, and full of, of good nuggets, of good uh, protein shakes, as Jonathan may call it, good vitamins about how we can live and we can be strong women of faith. But he says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. So, her position is in the Lord. So, we are in the Lord. Our position is in the strength of His might. Scripture tells us, when I am weak, He makes me strong. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. So, He empowers us. So, He is our position. We are in the Lord and in the strength of His might. To me, our practice is strong. We have to practice being strong. We have to be with fellow women. We have to be in Bible studies. We have to be in the Word. We have to be praying, and that will make us stronger, stronger, stronger. A baby is born with what? What do you usually hear first from a baby? Is that loud scream, that cry. So they have some, hopefully, most children are born with their lungs fully developed, and, um, and, and they cry. They have strong lungs. That's where their strength comes from. But a baby has to grow. It has to be kind of moved around and held up. The muscles have to be strengthened to allow that baby to roll over, to hold up its head, to stand, to walk and run. You don't see too many three months, uh, three month old children walking around in here. But three year old, they'll be jumping off of the stage sometimes, right? They are. They are really uh, they they like they're extreme sometimes, but a baby and sometimes women. We we when you first become a believer, you're a baby, so you have to do things to strengthen. We they, that baby will grow to toddler, child, and adult, and we as Christians must realize our position in Christ. We're in a great position, but we need to learn how to. Pra- we need to make some practice regiments so we can be stronger. And to be strong women. So, we're going to dissect the armor, and we're believers. We're going to see the position practice. And so, you may say, okay, so this letter was written to the believers in Ephesus, and you keep talking about the believers and the believers' positions. But your question may be, and if you're here in the room, or if you're watching today online, or you may watch it another time uh, online thanks to Nick back there that's making this live stream you may say but I'm not a believer or I'm not a follower of Christ so this really doesn't mean to me and you just turn it off or you just close up right now but what does it mean to me you may ask it means everything to you as Eliza and the worship team sang open the eyes of my heart Lord I want to see you I ask for you if you are not a follower of Christ, that you allow the Holy Spirit right now to woo and work in your heart. And we're going to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against, this is here in Ephesians, we we do not wrestle against Flesh and blood, verse 12, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, because of all that, because there's some wrestling going on, there's some wrestling matches going on, the enemy is out there. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. In verse 14, this is the armor pieces that we'll talk about. Having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on, put on, having put on. This is, you, you did this with the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, verse 14, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Praying at all times. We're always to be praying. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication All the saints, so let's encourage one another, pray for one another, and keep alert. And then, verse 19 and 20, this is just from Paul, and I I really like this verse. And this is something I want us to, to see today. Paul says, And also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So, ladies. I implore and I desire that you will speak truth with compassion. Use your voices boldly. Know the truth and speak truth. Allow the truth that you know to set people free. Use your voices in the spheres of our influences, wherever that may be, to be salt and light, to speak hope and peace. Do you know anybody that's struggling, that needs some hope? That needs some peace there's a lot of people out there that need some salt and light and love on them be equipped make sure you're equipped and ready daily with our armor in place and to speak truth Ephesians 4:29 says ladies this is something that we we need to really work on um, you may know people that really need to work on this but Shannon's a grandmother I loved her so very much and she would say, if you don't have anything good to say about somebody, just don't say anything at all. It's not our place just to use our words to put people down. And I would raise my boys and I would tell them, don't put people down. Because I would hear people doing that all the time. The paper would come out and they'd start putting down, well, yeah, that's the picture they always make sure it gets in the paper. Or they would just always complain. I thought, don't do that. Don't put people down. So I found a verse that I, could, that I could trust and I could stand to say that. That wasn't just something Kathy didn't like. It was what God says, Ephesians 4, 29. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion. Now, if I'm the uh, photographer's boss and I'm supposed to tell them you know, the pictures that we need to put in the paper, Maybe that would be my occasion to talk to them, but not just to sit around the office and gripe about it. But you want to use words that give grace to those who hear. So ladies, be uh, using your mouth to speak grace to those who hear. And we wonder why. So why put on the whole armor of God so we can stand against the schemes of the devil? A friend of mine asked me yesterday, why would anyone ever take it off? So I'm hoping today when when you learn more about it, maybe this is the first time that you're hearing about the armor of God, that you'll say, hey, I'm going to do this. I have another dear friend. I have a couple of friends, Ralph and LaVon Singer. I remember him telling us that he puts on the armor every day. And Ralph is, what, 84 years old or something? But he puts it on every day, 84 years old. He still has to put on the armor. He doesn't want to take it off. I have another friend of mine, and that's what she said before she puts her feet on the floor. She's thanking God for what he's done, what he's going to do. And then she starts putting on her armor, and then she's ready to go. So we're going to see a video. This uh, winter, spring, some of us ladies did a, a Bible study, The Armor of God, by Priscilla Shiver. You may have heard of her, but she's a great speaker, a great author, and uh, she was in the war room. So I looked that up, and you'll see her. But is going to show just a quick little thing from her. You're going to hear the good things that are securely set. Evil is on the rampage. The flesh of humanity is infested with sin. The real sinister enemy is invisible, but he is not fictional.
1: Eagles are one of the most famous birds. They are noted for their size, for their strength, for their powers of flight, for their vision, lots of stuff we already know about eagles. But there's one thing, honestly, that was new to me, you may may know about it, but I sure didn't, and that is that an eagle can actually sense a storm before it comes. Somehow they are able to innately determine that a storm is on the way well before it gets there. And so in advance of a storm actually coming, the eagle will lock its wings steadily in place in preparation for the storm. They will go to a a high point, get secure, and settle there. And then they will, at the right time, lock their wings in place. So when the storm hits, the eagle's wings are already set. They are locked and secure. So that when that turbulent wind begins to pick up speed, it actually uses the wind, the eagle actually uses the wind of the storm to lift them above it. So that while the storm is raging and raging below, the winds of the storm are actually benefiting the eagle and causing it to fly higher than ever before. It doesn't escape the storm. The storm is still raging. It can't make the storm go away. It simply uses the elements of the storm to help it go higher. Listen, y'all, the storms of life, they are coming. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but you don't have to go looking for the storms of life. You just keep on living, and the storms somehow, they just come and they find us, don't they? I think this is exactly what Jesus told us in John 16, He said, in this world, you will have trouble. In this world, you will have trouble. But then he said, listen, take courage, because I've already overcome the world, the culture in which we live. It is infested with evil. I mean, you just look at the news for any extended period of time and you are made very startlingly aware that evil is on the rampage. The flesh of humanity is infested with sin. And so sin and evil permeate our culture and our times and our generation. And then on top of that, we've learned... And we know that we have a very real sinister enemy that is invisible but not fictional. He is behind the scenes working to cause us to experience defeat and discouragement. And yet still, you and I, we really do have the advantage. Because like the eagle, when you know that the storm is coming, you can prepare in advance. You can lock some things securely in place in your life. So, that when the winds in your life pick up speed and there's a whirlwind waging all around you, instead of it sucking you under and pulling you down, you've got something securely set in your life that actually allows you to sail above it, even to benefit from it. I think that's what James chapter 1 said when, when it says, Listen, you could even consider it all joy. When you encounter the various trials and tribulations and storms of life, you you can really just count it all joy when you think about it because there is something in that storm that is making you the woman that God has called you, the woman that God has called me to be. Thank you, Becca. So we
0: can be aware, we can be set and have secure places that we can find strength when the storms start showing up. And we can sometimes sense that they're coming. We can see, you know, the clouds when they start turning gray. We can, we can kind of sense that and be prepared. And so I want to talk a little bit about, about our position right now. John Bevere, some of you may know him. Uh, the Bait of Satan is a book. But he says that we have authority. Where do we believers dwell? Ephesians 2 Verse 4 says, but God being rich in mercy, Ephesians 2, 4, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him, where? In the heavenly places. In Christ, and raised us up with Him, and seated, seated, us, seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So, where are the heavenly places? 1 verse 21 says, verse 20, that He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead, and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places. Far above our rule, so this is the heavenly places, far above our rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named not only in this age, but also in the one to come. So, this is a quote from John Bevere. He says, That means, ladies, that means there is no devil that has authority over you. You have authority over every demonic spirit, every fallen angel. That is why Jesus said, I give you the authority over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Ladies, we have authority. Do not give the devil your place. We have authority. Our covenant is based on what Jesus did, not what I did, not what I did. I may tell you something that I'll do, and I may forget. I felt really bad. Eliza, last week, Brooks, had the, uh, the meeting after church, and I told him, I said, we'll be there. We'll be there for the second service. And then we were together sometime this week, and he said, we just had a great group. And I thought, oh, oh, my word, I forgot. So sometimes we forget, but God does not. What Jesus did, our covenant is based on what Jesus did. So we must armor up to stand against the schemes of the devil. Ephesians six twelve, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places and so I want to look at some of the enemy strategies with you just to see Uh, there's 10 we may not go through all 10 but these are just um, Priscilla they had this is another little thing that was in our study but she had polled a large cross-section of women asking them to to reveal the primary ways that the enemy attacks their lives and there were some common categories that define their responses. So we're going to go over about ten of those here, and just see that the women they struggle with. There's the, the enemies. These are strategies because he is a liar. He's a manipulator. He hates you. He does not. He hates God. So he wants to destroy and kill. And he he is a the uh, he's a, he's a liar. That's all he is. So uh, one of the the first one is against your passion. He seeks to dim your whole desire for prayer, dull your interest in spiritual things, and downplay the potency of your most strategic weapons. So prayer is a powerful weapon here that we have, and it's it's just so key to have everything. We here at Living Hope have some wonderful prayer warriors, and some of you are sitting in this room right now. They are interceding for you today. They have been praying for our men during the weekend's a whole heart advance all you need to do is send a prayer request to our prayer at living hope email address and almost immediately people will be praying for your need so prayer we take it seriously around living hope so I just want to thank you prayer warriors you know who you are so thank you don't allow so ladies don't allow the enemy to steal your passion for spiritual things Bible reading journaling Bible study Today our ladies, women of courage Bible study, they're beginning a new study over in the Generations Building at eleven o'clock. It'll happen every Sunday. Is that gonna be for through May or June? They start today. We'll continue through the summer. So, and they can just jump in any time, right? It's not a don't miss CNE. It's just okay. So they'll start today at 11. So if you don't have anything to do, plan to go over there at 11. In the Generations Building, Angela and Kim are leading this study, and um, so make it a point to join them uh, some Sunday at 11, and um, allow allow other women. To, to help you in, to, in this wonderful Bible study I know it will be great. so he uh, strategizes against your focus second Corinthians 114 says and no wonder for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light he is a liar. John :44 says he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him when he lies he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies. So make sure you're not listening to him. Don't let him uh, mess you up. He disguises himself and manipulates your perspective, so you end up focusing on the wrong culprit, directing your weapons at the wrong enemy against your identity. Ephesians 1, 17 through 19 says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know What is the hope to which he has called you? What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might? So he wants to get your identity, magnifies your insecurities, leading you to doubt what God says about you against your family. We can go back to the garden in Genesis chapter 3, where uh, the um, the devil came to Eve and starts asking her about this tree and about this fruit, and then he kind of changes it around, and she says, "Well, he said we couldn't touch it, but God didn't say that." And then, and then the devil just manipulates the truth of God. He comes in just to, tries to give a little truth just so you'll listen to him. So be very careful that your focus is on what is true, because he is. He is a liar in your identity, who you are, against your family. Because he wants to, um, one of the big ones is against your confidence. He wants to destroy families. He doesn't want your family to be strong. He wants to destroy your relationships, your marriage, your friendships. And he wants us to, to walk in defeat, anger, and bitterness. Don't allow him your place or your family. And then your confidence, Revelations 12:10, I think this one is up here, because he wants us to start thinking of our past mistakes, our past bad choices, hoping to convince you that you're under God's judgment rather than under the blood. For God so loved the world that he gave his son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved. So God is not, we're not under his judgment. And Revelation ten twelve says it. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before our God. So he wants you to walk in defeat. He wants you to think that you're being judged and that you're not under the blood of Jesus. 2 Peter 3, 9, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. God loves you. He has something great for you. He will uh, strategize against your calling, against your purity, your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. That's Isaiah fifty nine, Psalm sixty six, eighteen. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. So ladies, be very, very careful of your purity. No matter what age you are, be very careful of your purity don't he will allow he wants to make you tempt you towards certain sins convincing you that you can tolerate them without risking consequences but there are consequences when we give in to sin and when we give in to temptation so be very aware be careful because the sins they put a wedge between you and God so just just be aware against your rest and contentment hard to say no Sometimes, but we're supposed to realize um, that we, we can't do everything. We're not called to do everything. Find out what, where God has called you against your heart. Psalm 5110, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And search me, O God, Psalm 139, and know my heart. And then against your relationships. He creates disruption and disunity within your circle of friends and within the shared community of the body of Christ. So I just want to just stop here for just a minute and and ask and and just talk a little bit about this, that we be women of love, we be women of forgiveness, and we be unified. One of our things here is that um, that we that we are love in all things, unity in the situals, love in all things. There's another part. Say it again. Yes. Diversity in the non essentials, unity in the essentials, and love in all things. So, we, there stuff sometimes happens that's messy, but we have to realize that we can't just walk around with unforgiveness and anger. Ephesians 4 25 and 27, put away falsehood, speak the truth, be angry, and do not sin give no opportunity for the devil. Our shared community of the body of Christ here at Living Hope is vast. We have the men's ministry, the women's ministry, wholehearted advance, the nobleman, Sardis classical Christian community, home groups, various ministries. y'all can think of the ones that I've missed. We must be careful and armed to not allow disunity to enter, to get a toll hole. A foothold or stronghold. Geraldine Brown once wore a shirt into our Bible study, and I just loved it. And it was the saying, no, Satan, not today. Let us be women who speak boldly, and let's say that. No, Satan, not today. Not my marriage, not my relationship with my children, not my friendship, not my home. And don't allow him to do that. So we have authority over Satan he is um, he's out there, but we have authority. We have a position because we are in Christ. We are strong in the Lord. We're going to practice being stronger. And then our weapons of our warfare. This is 2 Corinthians 10, 14. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy stronghold. Ephesians 2, 6. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This was from a Bible doctrine because of our union with Christ in his ascension. This is kind of going back to our position. We are able to share now in part in Christ's authority over the universe and we will later share it more fully. So ladies with the enemy strategies and with the Priscilla's video about the eagle, we can be we can be ready, we can be alert, and we can be strong. We can practice to be strong. And so we can have authority over that because we are in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And another good resource that we have here is My Identity, Freedom in Christ by Neil T. Anderson. We have these out in the lobby, free resources. And they... We'll tell you some things right here. It says understanding your identity in Christ is absolutely essential for your success at living a victorious Christian life. And on here, on the back is Bible verses. I am accepted. I am secure. I am significant. So you may know someone that needs that. Maybe you need that, but they are out in the lobby. But I want to read some of Satan's lies and God's truth. There are four of these on the card You are a sinner because you sin. God's truth, you are a saint, one declared righteous by God who sins. Satan's lies, your identity comes from what you have done, those past mistakes, those sins. But God's truth, your identity comes from what God has done for you. What God has done for you. Your identity comes from what people say about you. Oh, you're this. Oh, you're that. And even some people maybe say some really bad, nasty stuff. Your identity comes from what God says about you. And God says you are beautiful. God says you are made in his image. God says he loves you with a jealous love. He loves you very much. Your behavior tells you what to believe about yourself. Oh, well, this is what I did. This is what I do. So this is who I am. That's a lie. God's truth. Your belief about yourself determines your behavior. So, women, be strong. Learn beliefs about yourself and who you are. Your identity is so, so very essential. This is a part of our practice. So, we want to know truth. Ephesians 118, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope. So, this is what God believes about you. The hope To which he has called you. This is what God says about you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? You are a saint if you're a believer. So we want to pray to open our eyes to see the power. So we're going to look at our armor. It's armor time. So if you want to go back to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians 6. And we are going to start with the, putting on the belt of truth. And Becca is going to key up one of the ladies that was in her Bible study. Uh, she has got a little video about her thought on the, um, the belt of truth. And so we'll just watch that.
2: This past spring, I took part in the Armor of God Bible study by Priscilla Shire. For I delve deep into each piece of the armor of God from Paul's letter to the Ephesians. The piece of armor that resonated most with me was the belt of truth. In Ephesians 6, 14, Paul says to stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth. Truth is everything that God says, whether from the Bible or spoken to us, about any matter that we face. It is what God says about who we are and how we are to live. Roman soldiers would wear a belt to support their corps during fighting so they would not be easily knocked down by the enemy. In her Bible study, Priscilla Shire says that our society isn't one that takes strong, firm stands on truth. Even the church, sadly, too often fails to hold clear views on right living and God-honoring choices. People who don't form their decisions around the truth of God's word, aren't sturdy in their convictions, are easily wounded by others, and buckle under pressure. I notice what Priscilla is shang- saying in the culture around me, and I see the consequences it has. Therefore, I want to put on the belt of truth to strengthen my core during the temptations and trials of life. Standing firm in the truth of God's word keeps my body and mind unified with my spirit and will hold me steady as I continue to mature in Christ.
0: This past spring, I took part in the so armor of So God- that was Victoria and uh, just... The power of the belt of truth. And so you can see that armor. This, Paul talks about a Roman soldier because that was what was relevant in the day in that time. This Roman soldier, he had to arm up for battle and he had to be ready. So that's how he, um, that's why Paul used that to describe this to, in this letter to the church at Ephesus. But some of the things that uh, Victoria had gleaned from that is people who don't frame their decisions around the truth of God's Word aren't stable and sturdy in their convictions so we kind of form our own convictions on our own what we think should happen but it has to be strong and sturdy in God's word and we have a great elders and our pastors here and this is what we they put things based on is God's word and in decisions and their goals and our plans and those people that don't do that they're too easily injured and wounded by others oh my. And they buckle under pressure rather than standing tough and persevering because the truth is strong. It sets you free. So that was what Victoria said. Choose to put the belt of truth so I may have a strong core to hold me upright because you got to have a strong belt. Sometimes women have to have a belt around us to keep those pants up because we're losing weight because we're working out or something. Or we may have to have a belt to make the dress look The right way or different things, so you have to have a belt to make it strong. Face the temptations, the trials of life, standing firm in the truth of God's Word, keeps my body and mind unified with the Spirit and will keep me steady as I continue to mature in Christ. And then we're going to put on the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate, so this is this part of righteousness, will protect the soldier's vital organs. It's secured by the belt. Righteousness is the perfect holiness of Christ and it comes from God alone. Matthew six thirty three says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Hunger and thirst for righteousness. Pastor David says keep righteousness shiny by practicing righteousness. So there's back our, our position We are righteous because of God, but our practice to keep that righteousness shiny by practicing righteousness. Have shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness giving by the gospel of peace. And this is a prayer that I have is to walk and run with our God who reigns. Allow the peace to intimidate our enemy. I try to walk in peace. Walk near God so close that others will see his footprints. Walk in the strong, tangible presence of peace in my life, in my relational interactions. Each day, as Shannon and I drive in to to serve here in the offices at Living Hope, in which we're very honored to be able to do that together, we pray for the day, we ask God to fill us with the fruits of His Spirit. And those are, you can say them with me, love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. That we will be ready to speak to whomever we encounter, whether me on the phone or an email or somebody that walks up that needs assistance on this property, showing peace and sharing the gospel. And not only when we come here, but we want to be able to speak that way everywhere we go. Even when somebody pulls in the lane this morning on me and they just came across the road and they instead of getting that lane where nobody was they jumped right in front of me and I had to slam on my brakes and Samuel said blow the horn blow the horn I said I'm not going to do that what's that going to do he said well they won't do it the next time I said they don't care they may have just not realized they were doing that I just want to be a peacemaker and I was okay to not blow the horn and I'll tell Shannon sometimes I say this is my car. And they usually, if they see my car, I don't want them to think, that's that person that blew the horn at me when he wants to blow the horn in my car. <laughs> so I'm a peacemaker, and that's okay. you got to have, it all has to balance out. So I'm not fussing at either of them. And they can, And when we even went by the guy, uh, you know, I'm thinking, Sam. he said, blow the horn. I said, I'm not going to blow the horn. But anyway. <laughs> so I want to be peaceful. John 14:27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And that is a wonderful promise. So let me not, uh, I want to uh, not make y'all think that I'm just miss peaceful all the time because I am not. But uh, sometimes I try to live in peace. And that is just what Shannon and I do. We try to put on the, the, uh, the fruits of the Spirit so when we when we interact with people, we can show them some love and some grace. So we're going to take up the shield of faith. And she'll cue up another uh, one of our sweet ladies that's going to share about that. But I want to read a couple of scriptures. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Hebrews eleven six. But faith without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He is, and he is the rewarder. So watch
3: Stephanie. Christians often approach the concept of having faith as though it is simply a matter of having knowledge. We often say we have faith simply because we acknowledge the existence of God, accept that Jesus died for our sins and understand that we will go to heaven after we die. Note that acknowledging, accepting and understanding are all things that we do in our minds. However, in the fifth lesson of Priscilla Shire's The Armor of God, which focuses on the the shield of faith, Shire explains that while faith begins in knowledge, it is exercised through action. She recalls a conversation between herself and a woman who, from Shire's perspective, is incredibly strong in her faith, and who told Shire, Priscilla, be a woman of faith, not just a woman who talks faith and you will never regret it. What she means is, we should be women who both know about God and behave as though God is who he says he is. We should be women who both know about and obey the commands of God, who both know about and claim the promises of God, and who both know about and respond to the character of God. It's easy to say we have faith in God, anyone can say anything it's much much harder to for example forgive others as god has f- forgiven us be generous even when our financial resources are limited expect a miracle even when people have told us to not expect one and choose to not to and choose to not conform to the to the patterns of this world all because of our faith it's harder but it will always be rewarding.
0: Okay, thank you, Becca. So a few things that uh, Stephanie took from that, we should be women who both know about God and behave as though God is who he says he is. He is who he says he is, but we should act that way, women. Our, our friends, our, our roommates, our um, college the peers in our colleges, in our workplaces, in our home, they should see us women who both know about God, and behave that way—not just what we talk, but what we do. Is harder is what she closes with: not to be conformed to the patterns of this world, but because of our faith. Sometimes it is harder, but it will always be rewarding. Take the helmet of salvation. We have uh, two more. Things. Uh, This is a gift of salvation, the helmet. Jesus answered in John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The helmet of salvation will protect our minds. And I think that's what Patty said about taking our thoughts captive. So we have to know the truth and make sure that that thought is not a doubt, it is not a lie, and it's not from the enemy, that it's truth. So be careful that we are thinking true things, knowing truth. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. This kind of goes back even to faith. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. If you have questions, you can you, God's word Romans twelve one and two, take the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. If you have your Bibles or you have it on the app, hold them up, please, please. This is one hundred percent true. You have the truth. You don't have a fairy tale book. Nothing wrong with the Jungle Book or reading little fairy tales to your kids and such or reading a fictional book, but this is truth. This is what should be in your mind and in your heart. If you have any questions, they're not here right now, but ask Rich and Mary Cipollita. They will help you defend your faith. Recently, Pastor David and Rich did an apologetic seminar here. It was very powerful and full of truth to defend our faith. So women, be in the word, know the truth, so you can quickly speak and tell somebody for the reason of the hope that is in you is because of what God has done. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and active, sharper the word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and attentions of the heart. So scripture memory, is it important, Miss Kathy Hoyt? Absolutely. She recently shared with the ladies reasons for to have scripture memory, and I hope you have scripture memorized at least a few verses, start getting more. Psalm 109, 119, 105, this is one of the reasons scripture memory is important. And that's why Emily and I, we teach the children to learn scripture. And it's so sweet when those little ones, those three-year-olds can come in and share scripture that they've been learning at home or here at Journey Kids or Children's Church because thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You want to know the way to go? Thy word will help you in that. 2 Timothy says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Women, we don't want to be ashamed. We can know God's word. We can rightly divide the word of truth. And if you can't, find a Bible study. Find somebody to to disciple you and to disciple with you that you can start learning scripture and dividing the truth. So uh, Kathy said I could mention this. Miss Kathy memorized the book of Revelation in 13 years, 13 months, the book of Revelation. Can you imagine that? She said, if an old woman can do this, anybody can do this. Do you mind to just stand up, and we want to give you a, a, an applause for doing that. <laughs> so scripture memory is so key. Make sure that you've got a, a Bible verse for the week that you can put it on your Your steering wheel, or on your mirror somewhere, or in your phone near your phone, or have it on your phone. There's many, many ways to to learn scripture and to memorize scripture. Praying at all times in the Spirit, and that is so key, women, that we are praying at all times in the Spirit. You can pray at all times. I used to walk the schools of Athens, the halls of Athens Christian School, just to pick up notes. I mean, it was just an easy little task. Pick up the notes of the teachers in the morning and in the afternoon. I did a whole lot of praying down those hallways because there are a lot of students in those classrooms that maybe they didn't know Jesus or maybe they were struggling. You never know what goes on in a child's home before they get dropped off at school or before they get put on that bus or taken off that bus. So pray at all times. As the worship team walks up and our prayer team gets in place, I just want to kind of recap on what we've done we've talked today about our past about our position and about our practice so I want to end right now about a present the present is called a gift and so if you're here in the room this is for you because the, the letter was written to the believers of Ephesus and today you can be a believer You can be a believer on this May 1st, 2022. And whenever you watch this or if you're watching today online, wherever you may be, May 1st, 2022, you can start reading the book of Ephesus as it was written to the believers. Something I recently read from Charles Stanley is "Their greatest gift. The question is, what do you consider your most prized possession? If it's anything material or physical, It won't bring lasting satisfaction. Why else do so many people keep trading up and racing to have better and more? In their quest for this world's goods, a lot of people overlook the most important, valuable asset of all, faith. And faith is a gift from the Lord. It's not something we can work to obtain. It's a gift. We're saved only by God's grace Only because he died on that cross and shed his blood for you and me. We don't have to go year after year and just give that that lamb or that animal as a sacrifice. He did it once and for all. On the cross, Jesus bore the punishment that we deserve. And he gives eternal life to all who trust him. Without faith, we would have nothing of lasting value then I would be lost at death. You would be separated from God, leaving us to face eternal punishment. So the question is, have you received God's great gift? If not, won't you place your trust in the Savior today when you acknowledge Jesus as Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So I'm going to pray for us now, and we will have prayer people at the sides. The altar is open. If you want to grab somebody just to come and pray with you or just somebody sitting near you and something has resonated in your heart today that maybe you just need to do business with the Lord as they sing two powerful songs, be praying, seeking God, and listening to the words of this music. Father God, we love you, and we thank you for loving us. Thank you that... You gave your only son that we can have redemption. We can live in victory. God, because we are your child, we are your daughter, help us to be women armored each day, God, to stand against the schemes of the devil. Help us to realize our position. and God, I pray right now that women that maybe don't have a position in you, they've never followed you, they don't know even much about you, God, just bring them to their knees and to a heart of repentance. And God, that you say that you will save a repentant heart. We thank you and just strengthen us and empower us to do what what you would have us to do this day. That when we stand before you on that day, we will not be ashamed. In Jesus' holy name we pray, amen.